on the power grounds, as you say, see the Native American community and culture expressed through art, uh, expressed through conversation, and expressed through the people that come there. Buju Anin, welcome to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. I'm your host, Cole Primo. And I'm your other host, Leah Lem. Miigwech for joining us. Native Lights is a place for Native folks to tell their stories. And each week we hear from great people from around Minnesota, connected to Minnesota. And we talk about their gifts and how they share those gifts with their community. And it all centers around the big point of purpose in our lives. So, amplifying Native voices, hooray. <laughs> Here we are again this week. Woohoo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. How are you doing, Leah? I've been on a Mariah Carey kick. And like Whitney Houston. I, I don't know about you, but there's nothing more satisfying than one of those like final chorus modulations. You know, when 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 the key of the music goes up a whole step or something and like that. It's like, da, 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 yeah. da, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it's just so, <laughs> uh, like, predictable, but also just so satisfying. Yeah. And I love it. And I have been listening to these pop ballads every day for the last however long and just singing along with it, just completely out of my range. <laughs> but how are you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. Um, the saga has completed itself when it comes to the wedding venue search, so we're we're ready to go. We got a date. Ah. Just uh, now, we just got to figure out all the rest of that stuff. So. Well, you have um, quite a while because now I know the mm-hmm. date, and you 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 gave yourself a good amount of time. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so. To plan it, so good for you. Yeah. So for today's show. As we like to say in the intro, the show is, it's not just a show. It's a place for Native folks to tell their stories somewhere for, you know, people to chat and talk about their lives. And uh, today we have a, a lot of focus on a particular place of gathering, a coffee shop uh, owned and operated by uh, Native folks. So that's why I'm excited for today's guest. One of my favorite places. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, today we're talking to Robert Rice. Robert Rice is a citizen of the White Earth uh, Nation. He's the owner and operator of the Powell Grounds Coffee Shop, which is along Franklin Avenue in South Minneapolis. And he has decades of experience wild ricing and making amazing fried bread on top of all the coffee uh, that he does. Uh, so we can't wait to talk with him, uh, you know, about the shop, about, about everything he's doing. So, and here he is. Boujou, Robert. Hello. Boujou. How's it going? Oh, uh, it's going. Good. So, Robert, uh, Buju, could you please introduce yourself um, and where you're joining us from? Maybe, you know, a little quick background if possible. Well, my name is Robert Rice. I'm the owner of Powell Grounds. Uh, that's located on 14th and Franklin Avenue on the south side of Minneapolis. How are you and your family doing during the pandemic? Well, I've had six of my family members uh, come down with COVID after they were vaccinated. Um they all survived, uh, That's good. including my 88-year-old mother. Oh, wow. So, 
mean, they all were together in a car and four of them got it right being in the car together. And uh, then some other people not connected but the same family also got COVID. But me being all over in the community and everywhere, shopping and everything, I don't get it. Wow. <laughs> Fortunately. Before we get into the powwow grounds, it's, I've noticed looking at uh, some of your interviews in the past that it's, it's very apparent that wild rice and harvesting wild rice is, uh, is very important to you. Could you tell us a little bit about your relationship with Monoman and just how long you've been you know, uh, harvesting it? Well, no. Oh. Obviously, my last name is Rice, <laughs> and <laughs> that uh, comes with certain obligations, apparently. <laughs> so, I was born September 2nd, during the middle of the harvest season. Sure, I pissed my dad off one day, being born right in the middle of ricings. Uh, <laughs> it's like being born during hunting season, right? Something like that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm sure he had to miss a day of uh, ricing so he could watch me be born. At any rate, um, my grandfather harvested rice and taught my father. My great-grandfather taught my grandfather. So my connection to wild rice, is it's I've, everything I've done has been around wild rice. I started harvesting rice when I was about 12 years old. Uh, the only year I missed since I was 12, so what would that have been? 1974 was in 1979 when my father died, when we were ricing. So everything connects me to this funky little plant that I eat every day just about I cook with it. That's one of one of the things I cater the most of, that and fry bread. I make wild rice muffins. I'm like the Bubba Gump shrimp of wild rice. <laughs> I make wild rice parfaits, hot dishes, stuff, you know, wow. on and on with wild rice. So my connection to it, yeah, I don't know if I survive without it. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any, uh, you know, favorite, um, you know, memories or like, what do you like the most about you know, harvesting or things like that? Well, when I think back throughout the years, uh, my family, my brothers, my uncles and cousins, we all get together and it's kind of one of these things that kind of binds us, uh, as a family. I mean, you know, sometimes we lose track of our family and we may not see them for several years, you know, a cousin or whatever. Me, it's every year, no matter what, we're going to hook up and we're going to laugh and we're going to, we're going to trade stories. We're going to, you know, it, it's really an awesome time just to be with the people you've known your whole life that you never are not connected. That makes sense. Sure. You know, you know, I'm not a hunter, so in any real sense, I would say that would be like a hunting camp, but we do it pricing. Mm-hmm. And it's warmer out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole idea of sitting out in a tree when it's 20 degrees out doesn't really appeal to me. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I hear you. I've uh, 
I've been hunting with my dad for you know the last twenty ish years, and I'm not a hunter at all. Like I haven't really, I haven't gotten a deer. I've just I just go out there and sit, and it gets really cold. You're right. You're right. <laughs> so maybe uh, wild racing is a uh, is a better option for sure. Yeah, you might get wet. <laughs> Here it's pretty buggy. <laughs> well, there are some bugs. You know, protein, you protein. <laughs> to me, it's you know, it's really, really a spiritual endeavor, I guess. And you know, being connected to something also helps you know me stay grounded. We have uh, for myself. I mean, I I was in drugs and alcohol and. Not saying that wild ricing stopped me from doing that, but there was a connection there. And somewhere along the line, I outgrew that. And I've been sober for many, many years. And you know, I would think that if you can have family and friends around and doing things in a sober and fun way, maybe we, maybe we, come, be, we become better humans. You're listening to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. Native Lights is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. And today we're speaking with Robert Rice, White Earth Nation citizen, who is the owner and operator of Powell Grounds in Minneapolis. So, Bob, <laughs> let's talk a bit about Powell Grounds. How did you get into the business? What led you to owning and operating a coffee shop? Well, I started a coffee shop on the north side, and that was called 42nd Avenue Station in 2009. Somewhere in 2010, I had a couple of people from NACTI approach me about opening a coffee shop on the south side, which at that time I promptly told them, uh, no. <laughs> I'm working <laughs> 70, 80 hours a week trying to keep this one going. I don't have time. Well, after many hours of discussion, I agreed to be a consultant. And so in their devious plans, they uh, <laughs> brought me down to show me the space told me what they wanted to do, asked me where the coffee equipment should go. And of course I told them and then in walked my cousin. I was like, what are you doing here? And uh, my cousin says, well, Justin invited me here. I was his professor at the University of Minnesota, blah, blah, blah. And I hear you want to open a coffee shop. <laughs> No, I don't. <laughs> Long story short, I got talked into it, ended up opening in 2011 in February while I was still running my other coffee shop on the north side. And then in May, we had a nice little tornado come through and tear up my coffee shop on the north side, basically destroying my business, having problems with the uh, building owner. And ended up letting go of that property on the north side. Mm -hmm. And the tornado basically blew me over to the south side mm -hmm. in with the Native American community. Yeah, I remember those st that storm. That was intense. Yeah, I bet 
you do? Not only hit my house, but it also oh. hit my business. Wow. Oh. Okay. A little bit more about Power Grounds. Um, Bob, what do you want people to experience when they go there, when they go to the shop? Well, obviously we have uh, one thing I hear a lot is we're still here. The Native American people are still here. We are still not surviving, but thriving. Mm -hmm. What you see is when you come to Powell Grounds, as you say, see the Native American community and culture expressed through art, uh, expressed through conversation, and expressed through the people that come there. I like it. Uh, you mentioned art, and you guys are like right next to All My Relations Gallery. What's it like you know, being right next to the gallery and having all those art pieces coming in and out and you know, events and things like that? I know it's been different during the pandemic, but... The one thing that we tend to do is collaborate. I don't know if that's a native thing, but it just seems like the thing to do, you know, be helpful. You know, that's one of the biggest things that, um, that's been instilled into me, even as a child is to be helpful. You know, it seems that I find myself in situations that I went, well, how'd that happen? You know, and then all these other people step up and help. And all of a sudden we got this big thing going on that we, like, how did that happen? You know, there was an incident when the Standing Rock thing was going on. And uh, there was me and another person. We were sitting sitting down at the table drinking coffee. And we should try this. So, okay. Next thing I know, we're in a committee. There's about 13 of us. We got the American Indian Center, NACTI. Uh, the Minnesota Chippewa Tribe Building, different organizations all up and down the avenue, basically Native native organizations we, and people did a fundraiser and in about four hours we raised $26,000 and we had music and art and food everywhere and it was just, you know, how did that happen? You know, literally, it's, <laughs> I didn't expect that, you know. And I don't know if the coffee shop brings that. You know, it has to, you know. That community spirit you get when you have a coffee shop and where you're inviting to people. You know, I'd like to think that we've created a safe space on Franklin Avenue. People can come and feel safe, you know, not really concerned who you are or what you are as long as you're okay you know I mean you know we have different challenges with uh the abuse of drugs you know that's prevalent in the area and the unsheltered communities you know it's always challenging i guess the big thing is how do how do we run our business also being kind but also not allowing our business to be destroyed Mm-hmm. It's a really hard challenge. Yeah. Well, during after George Floyd was murdered, Powell Grounds and that area there, right, the parking lot became like a gathering area too, right? Yes. So again, here's one of those things that we should do something. Mm-hmm. 
and a group of us got together and all of a sudden we're doing something, you know, the American Indian movement, the little earth community, uh, different people throughout the city, other native people, even, even out state all came here to protect this little spot in the middle of Minneapolis. Um, now there was a property over there off of Minnehaha, right behind the uh, right, right behind the third precinct. It was uh, McGeezy Communications, mm-hmm. and yeah. we were attempting to protect all of the native properties that we could find. And that was definitely one of the spots. You know, there uh, Laura Waterman Whitstock was uh, one of the founding members of that organization, and it was important for our community to have that so we attempted to keep that protected and we sent people there and uh chaos fires you know smoke i mean we're standing out there and there's just these buildings are just billowing we're like geez those sparks are going to burn down this building Mm -hmm. so but we were vigilant and then we got a call that gas lines have been cut and that we needed to vacate this, the whole area. It was sad that we had to leave that area. But fortunately, they got a lot of their archived uh, information out of there from mm-hmm. different things like AIM archives and some other archives that they had. So those were saved. Yeah. Uh, the building burned down uh, and was destroyed, but we were able to we are we able to keep the information and you know i guess we had at the peak about 300 people protecting that that area you know not only protecting the native businesses but all of the businesses on franklin avenue uh we did have a couple of break-ins but we stopped them from going further then after the uh, when things calmed down, you, you know, we were asking for donations to feed our uh, protectors, basically. Yeah. And you know, three hundred people and it's a lot of money coming out of my pocket. Hey guys, can you help? I come in the next day. I got two or three thousand dollars worth of food sitting on my floor. What? The- <laughs> <laughs> next day I have double. Next wow. day after that, I have double that. I'm like, we're gonna we'll start a food shelf. Mm-hmm. Next thing I know, we have a food shelf. At that time, the Cub was gone. The, uh, the Lake Street, all those the stores were gone. So we're looking at kind of a food desert. You know, the only store that had food was our Aldi's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that wasn't open for two weeks. So that's just amazing. Because people know the places that take care of the community and that like reciprocity, like now we're going to take care of you and you're going to then be able to take care of the community. And then it just like, it's this amplification of taking care of one another, um, which is just, it was really inspiring to see that um, during such a tough time. Thanks for sharing that, Bob. I appreciate it. You're listening to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. 
Native Voices is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Today we're speaking with Robert Rice, White Earth, Nathan, White Earth Nation citizen and the owner and operator of Powwow Grounds in South Minneapolis. So, uh, Robert, uh, we've been talking about food uh, at times, and the coffee shop is, is its more than just coffee. You have a lot of food. Um, could you talk about, um, we talked about wild rice, but could you talk about the fried bread? Um, what, what, what makes Powell Grounds fried bread uh, so amazing and sought after? Is there like a secret recipe or what's going on? No, I don't know. I found a recipe online and I changed it and made it my own. But then again, I do that with everything. My wild rice soup recipe played with that. I probably made it a hundred different ways before I came up to a recipe that I said, okay, this is fine. This is good. So can't really explain what goes in. It's more than just making the dough. It's also how you prepare it. I don't know how to explain it. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. got a way to do it quickly. And maybe it's love. Put love in it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I, I, I really don't know how to explain it. You know, there's a lot of fry bread out there. Um, there's, there's people that make really, really, really good fry bread. And, uh, I hope I can pair with them. Yeah. That's one thing I miss from living in the cities is fried bread Fridays. Do you still do fried bread Fridays or is it like any time? And Thursdays. And Thursdays? <laughs> oh. Well, we've had the, uh, farmer's market going on. And oh, so yeah. we do it on Thursdays too. Mm-hmm. Because of that. Like a fried bread taco, hold the beans all you need <laughs> for the whole day <laughs> pretty much yeah <laughs> yeah they're pretty big i yeah. make them big yeah it's a meal you're not gonna have two of them and if you are you're a big person <laughs> <laughs> that's great actually i was i did some other some more facebook sleuthing and i saw that uh powell grounds they shared this <laughs> this video from Reservations do- Reservation Dogs. It's the uh, greasy fried bread. Greasy, greasy song. fried bread. Have you seen that? <laughs> Is that? Did you post that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Are you a fan of the uh, fan of the song? I just like the Reservation Dogs. It's you know, I, you know. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I started watching it. I'm like, God, I like the show. Then they start talking about different stuff like the deer woman and so now they're kind of hitting on some of the uh, what would I the story storytelling things and I'm like wow I like this show then you have that guy what's his name Sten Dutes I forget his name Sten Judy or something like that well Brian Yazzie he put that out on on Facebook that I had that music playing in the background. Oh. And then Sten, the the guy who sang the song, posted it on his on his Instagram. Oh. <laughs> so, there you go. Yeah, but that, you know, I mean, even in that uh in the reservation dogs, there's some connection there with us uh being that Bobby Wilson he was the uh, 
the uh, dispensary dude. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's the one who painted my. Uh, he did my uh, uh, menu boards in the shop. Oh. Oh. So, very cool. And you know, Bobby's done a lot of murals up and down Franklin Avenue. My cousin Pat, Pat Bellinger, who was uh, one of the founding members of AIM, and a funny lady. Oh my God, she's funny when she was here. So Bobby did a mural of her, and it ended up between the library and the Minnesota Chippewa Tribe building. And it's on the Minnesota Chippewa Tribe building. And she goes, you know, I've been on Franklin Avenue my whole life. I never thought I'd end up in the alley. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, a very talented artist. Yeah. So, yeah, and Definitely. comedian and stuff. Again, all those connections. You know, just, I'm very fortunate to be able to be a part of that. Yeah. And so, very grateful. That's so wonderful. But I just wanted to ask, as we kind of conclude this, like, what does it mean to be working in, like, such an important area for urban natives in Minnesota? Just to be a part of that, you know, scene and helping nurture that area well began as one thing and took on a whole new life and you find that we take on a lot more responsibility and accountability working in this environment you know everybody's watching what are we doing you know are we doing it in a good way so things like that and you know i do pay attention to that Really, that's really the only thing I can say about it. Just, you know, there's a lot of responsibility and and accountability. Hopefully, I'm doing things in a good way, and that's about it. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I believe you are. Yeah, well, and, thank you so much, Chimi Guich. I know yeah, we've so had several interviews on native lights who have spoken highly of power grounds <laughs> alongside us, Cole and Leah. So um, thank you for what you do and keeping that fry bread going and the coffee and keeping us all alert <laughs> and awake. <laughs> yes, coffee is life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you very much. Um, we'll, uh, we'll stay in touch and, Really appreciate your perspective and stories and all that today. Okay. okay. You guys have a all right. good evening. <laughs> Miigwech. 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 Oh, it's so fun to hear from Bob Rice. Such a great person. Yeah. Such a great coffee shop. <laughs> yeah, and he, he was talking about, a, you know, how you know conversations evolve into action and it's it's very interesting to think about those those places like his uh, like Powell grounds where there's a lot of conversations and a lot of plans mm-hmm. and a lot of actions happening right there mm-hmm. so it's very interesting to to think about you know I, I definitely did a few interviews in that in Powell grounds and and, and that building there uh, back when I was um, first starting out with Minnesota Native News. So, <laughs> Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Like, that's kind of where I kind of first started yeah. out. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Very good. So thank you to Robert Rice. Mm-hmm. He is 
White Earth Nation citizen, and he is the owner and operator of Powwow Grounds in Minneapolis. Yes, yes. I'm Leo Lem. And I'm Cole Primo. Giga Wobberman. Giga Wobberman. Native Lights, Where Indigenous Voices Shine, is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. If you want to hear more Native folks talking about their gifts and finding their purpose, search for Native Lights, Where Indigenous Voices Shine, wherever you find podcasts, and find all of Minnesota Native News' content at minnesotanativenews.org.